Well, today we wrap up our series on chapter 4 of Paul's second letter to his friend Timothy. And don't worry, unlike my previous pastor, I won't be repeating this message every November till kingdom come. Now, if, uh, unless you like repeats. If you like repeats, then you can go on to our website and you can see all our old sermons. And you can just, every November, call up this, this series and do it over and over again. Our website is resumc.org, R-E-Z-U-M-C.org, and you can find any sermon you want. But for November, this is it, the end of our series. Now, at the start of the month, I talked about how we need to have people with us to face winter or really any time of trouble. And Paul, in prison and facing execution, writes to Timothy and asks him to come before winter and to bring Mark with him. And then last week we heard that in addition to people, Paul also needs some physical and spiritual items to face the winter. Things like his winter coat that he left in Troas, or his Bible and books that will keep up his spirits. And now, now we finish up his letter. And he finishes not by asking for something more, but by expressing gratitude for what he already has. And that's God by his side. By his side. Listen, listen to what he says. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 14. Alexander the coppersmith did me great harm. The Lord will requite him for his deeds. Beware of him yourself, for he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one took my part. All deserted me. May it not be charged against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength to proclaim the message fully, that all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. People were making life hard on Paul. Alexander the coppersmith heard him. The Roman legal system kept him in prison. No one dared to testify in his defense. There was no one by his side in his time of trial. No one but the Lord. And that's enough. The Lord gave Paul strength and courage. How thankful do you think Paul was for that? So thankful that alone and in a cold jail he can say, to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Because of what God had done for him. Because God had been with him. So what about you? How thankful are you for what God has done for you. We sang that just in the song a little bit ago. How thankful are you for what God has done for us? How thankful are you for the Lord being by your side? The church staff is uh, reading this book by Matthew West called The God Who Stays. And Matthew West is a Christian songwriter he wrote the song, Broken Things, that we've been singing the past couple of weeks at the 10 o'clock service, and 
He wrote Truth Be Told that we've done. And who can forget his classic Thanksgiving song, Gobble Gobble. Uh, if you haven't heard it, you'll just have to Google it. He wrote the song also, The God Who Stays, which is the title of this book. The lyrics go, you're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away. Now those lyrics could have been written by Paul or maybe even by you. Matthew West writes of his experiences when he's found that, that no matter what, God stays by his side. Have you discovered that? No matter what, that God is there with you? Matthew West writes about a whole number of different experiences where he's discovered that. Like the time that he had a panic attack while having an MRI. Can you relate to that? Those of you who have been unfortunate, I, I know I have. And he writes of God being with him when he discovers that he is swimming with 20 sharks and how in panic he grabbed onto a complete stranger for dear life. But God was with him. And he tells how, how he found himself as a Christian singer playing in a biker bar and begging the Lord to help him remember the words to old rock songs so that he wouldn't get beat up and thrown out. And, and he tells story after story about how God is with him. Could you write a book like that? I mean, not those same stories, but could you write a book with story after story of how God has been with you when you were frightened or panicking or feeling all alone? Could you write a book called The God Who Stays? If so, I bet that you're thankful this fall. But how thankful? Are you a perfunctory, uh, thank you a lot, Edna, for the socks kind of thankful? Or are you a heart overflowing with gratitude, to God be the glory forever and ever, amen, kind of thankful? How thankful are you this Thanksgiving? Because there's, there's different kinds of thankfulness, isn't there? I like to think of a ladder of thankfulness with every step up a little more challenging, but also a little more joyful. Now, on the ground level, you have the ungrateful or the begrudgingly grateful, like the little kid who gets socks for Christmas and then is told by her parents to thank her aunt. What do you say, dear? Thank you for the socks, Aunt Edna. You know, that kind of thankfulness. That's the thanks for nothing level. Uh, I don't even consider that a rung on the ladder. No, I think the first step on the ladder of thankfulness is thankfulness for the good blessings that God has given us. These are the kind of thanks that you're probably going to lift up in, around your Thanksgiving table. Thanks for family and for friends, for the physical things like the food that we have or the roof over our head. Thanks for the spiritual blessings of hope and encouragement and peace. For Paul, this would include his friends, Timothy and Mark and Luke. 
and also for his winter coat and his Bible and books that he treasured so much. This is, God, you have given me so much and I'm truly grateful. Step on the ladder. That first step. My old pastor associated November with this part of Scripture and Timoth Paul's request to Timothy to come before winter. But for me, I always associate November with deer season. You know, not that I'm all that successful, but, but deer hunting has always been much more than about whether we get deer. For me, it's more like a family reunion. See, my nephew flies in from New York City. It's the only time of year I ever see him. And he always gets a deer for some reason. I don't know why that is, but he did again this year. And my brothers and my other nephews, they all show up at the farm to hunt. And then around noon, so does the rest of the family. Mom and, and the non-hunters, they set up a lunch in the barn. And we feast and laugh and tell old stories. And then with full bellies and full hearts, we go back to sit on our stand for the evening. And like I said, I, I don't see many deer but in the peace of the woods with the squirrels romping and the turkeys scratching and, and the owls beginning to hoot as the light slowly fades at the end of another opening day, I always feel a deep sense of gratitude for being able to be there. That God has given me this world to see and the coat that keeps me warm and the love of friends and family. It's a good kind of thankfulness. Life is good. You know those times? It's probably something different than deer, deer season for you. But those times when, when you look around and say, thank you, Jesus, for all that I have. That's the first step, I think, on the ladder of thankfulness. Thank you, Jesus, for all that I have, for all these things, these many blessings. Now, the second step is the kind of thankfulness that Paul expresses in, in what we read today. Thankfulness for God's protection and strength in times of trial. Thankfulness for God being with you even when life isn't good. When life is awful, but God sees you through. Paul describes it as being rescued from the lion's mouth. And this is one of those uh, parts about, of Scripture that... that uh, Sometimes people take literally, but it's probably not. You know, Daniel in the lion's den, that's talking about literally being in a lion's den. And Paul was facing death. But see, as a, as a Roman citizen, he wasn't facing being thrown to the lions. The Romans would throw slaves and foreigners to the animals in the Colosseum. But as a Roman citizen, Paul would have been granted the privilege of merely being beheaded, which is what he eventually was. So his lion's mouth is really all those things that he faced as he went to trial there. All of those difficulties and troubles in life. The scriptures uh, talk about this kind of, of trials as a lion in things like Psalm 57, 
verse 4, where it says, I'm in the midst of lions. I'm forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows and whose tongues are sharp swords. Have you been living among people like that? People who have made life difficult? Have you been attacked? What are your lions? Is there someone like Alexander who has hurt you? Have you faced lions of illness or disease? Lions of unemployment or, or unexpected bills? Lions of addiction or, or disaster? This week we delivered two dozen buckets of cleaning supplies that are headed south for Umcor's depot to be used in disaster cleanup. Hurricane Ian has required thousands of these buckets. And for some residents in Florida, Ian was their lion. But like Paul and perhaps like you, God rescued them from the lion's mouth. I read on the Billy Graham website about one such person from Inglewood, Florida, who goes by the name Christmas. As the hurricane bore down on, on her, she said, I got out my black dress for my funeral because I didn't think I would make it. Waves were coming, the wind was howling, part of her bedroom collapsed. But during the storm, a song came to her mind that helped to set her mind on Jesus. The words were, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. With her mind on Jesus, she faced the lion of Hurricane Ian. And following the hurricane, then there was more struggles because she was without food. For three days she was there when a stranger came to her house. His GPS had, had brought him to the wrong address, but even so, he felt God prompting him to go up and check on whoever lived in that house. And he found Christmas. And he brought her a box of groceries, and he connected her with help. Christmas is grateful that the Lord stood by her and rescued her when she faced the lion of Hurricane Ian. That kind of thankfulness is the second step on the ladder. Thankfulness for God's presence and help in difficult times. As much as we are joyful when we have great times and have all our blessings before us, there's even more joy when we find that God is there with us in the hard times and we give thanks. Thank you, God, that you stood by me and gave me strength. That step on the ladder is the second one. Thank you, God, for rescuing me out of the mouth of lions. When God sees you through a storm, you want to shout out, to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Just like Paul did. But there's a third step on the ladder. And this one's much harder, but even more joyful. One that's hard to explain because it's so unusual. You see, Paul is grateful for the Lord being with him in hard times. But he's also thankful for the hard times themselves. Can you see the difference? 
He's thankful that the Lord is with him during hard times, but he's also thankful for the hard times themselves. See, Paul's heart's desire is to be like Jesus and in those difficulties that he faces for Jesus' sake, he gets to, in a small way, be like Jesus. And he considers that a high honor, something to be thankful for. Are you ever thankful for the hard times? Are you ever thankful for the troubles? Not just God's presence in them? Years ago, I was a chaplain doing some chaplaincy training. And I was assigned to the women's oncology unit. I was 25 years old and healthy as a horse. And I really had nothing to bring to these women. I had no idea what they were going through. Never spent any time in a situation like theirs. It was only by the grace of God that they got anything out of my visits. But then I got deathly sick and spent over a week in the hospital, that very same hospital myself on death's door. And it was awful. It was terrible. But it was also a blessing for which I have been ever grateful. You see, I learned more about how to minister to people in hard times from that week in the hospital than I did in all of my chaplaincy training. It may be able to to put myself in somebody else's shoes as they're going through such difficult times. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for what I learned during those hard times. Paul tells Timothy in, in chapter 2 of his letter, he says this about his hard times. Timothy, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus, always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach, and because I preach this good news, I'm suffering and have been chained like a criminal, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation in eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. And he tells the Philippians, for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but the privilege of suffering for him. You've been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but the privilege of suffering for him. Reaching this third level on the ladder of thankfulness is not an easy thing. And I can't say that I'm always able to thank God for all the troubles I've suffered. But I have learned that how I frame things makes a whole world of difference. Do I focus on woe is me? My friends have deserted me. Alexander has hurt me. And I don't even have my winter coat. Well, those are Paul's troubles. But, but do I do that in my own life? Do I say, woe is me, God? Here are all these troubles and difficulties. Why me? Or do I say, Thank you, God, for the many blessings you've given me. Thank you, God, that I have friends, family to stand by me. Thank you, God, that I have a winter coat, that I have the Bible and my other books. 
And do I say, thank you, Lord, even for the hard times when you allow me to follow in your footsteps? It's all in how you look at it. If I'm able to do that, then maybe, maybe just maybe I'll be able to explain, exclaim with Paul, to God be the glory forever and ever, amen. So what about you? How thankful are you for what the Lord has done? What step of the ladder do you want to be on? Do you want to be there on the ground? Or do you want to be able to, to take all those steps? It's up to you. It's how you look at it and how you respond. I hope this year you respond with thankfulness. One more word from, from Paul on the matter. He says to the Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let us pray. God, whether we're thankful or not, you have given us many blessings. Whether it be a sunset or a Thanksgiving table, whether it be friends with us, family, or your presence, even when all desert us and walk away. Even, Lord, the difficulties can be a blessing if they allow us to follow you and if they accomplish your purpose in our lives. So, Lord, in all ways, make us truly grateful. Grateful for for your love and mercy that is far beyond what we can imagine. This Thanksgiving, may we truly give thanks to you. Through Jesus Christ, amen.